Welcome to the Daft Souls podcast brought to you by CoolGhost.net. I'm Matt Lees and I'm joined today by one hell of a soldier. It's Mr. Christopher Bratt. Hello. Is that how you do the intros now? That's uh, very, very yeah, I'm trying to get into the, the hang of doing yeah. it differently because I forget that um, I've got a website You've got now. a website, a very pink website. Not just a podcast. About before. Yeah, so I, I like to remind people just in case people stumble onto this podcast and go, oh, damn, this is a good podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if only video, we had a pink website. We do a pink <laughs> website well into that. that has like videos on it, which are basically the same as this, but you get to see my face and mm. gesticulation. And talking of videos, I'm currently waiting for YouTube to to do the business with a very large video I've made about XCOM 2. Oh, man. Which is what we we're going to talk there. about today. So I brought today the, the, the world's best soldier, Chris Brown. <laughs> I think I've uploaded uh, an hour and ten minutes of XCOM 2 so far uh, over the last few months. It's just the beginning, though, isn't it, really? Yeah. Like, and, but there's such big videos. I can't. You just can't help it with this game. No. I, you absolutely cannot help it. For those of you who don't know, me and uh, Brat used to work at Video Game, and one of the things that commonly joined us together was our absolute unabashed love of XCOM. And so uh, Chris has kindly come all the way over here from Brighton and Eurogamer. I've, I've forced a coffee and a whiskey down his throat, and now we're going to talk about <laughs> XCOM 2. We're going to talk about XCOM 2 for the whole episode, pretty much. So, yeah, yeah I've been playing some other stuff, and we'll talk about them some other stuff. Other stuff. <laughs> but frankly, fuck it. Like, we had an entire episode where we talked about XCOM 2 just when it came out, yeah. and now we've both played it. I've played it for about 20 hours. Yeah, you got you got ahead of me. I, I did some bad things with some CD keys, or whatever they're called, and uh, I played about five hours and yeah. got locked out of it because I'm an idiot and... Activated it on the wrong computer. five hours. It's probably still mo- more than most people. Yes, so yeah. I think that's fine. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, how? Wow, what a game! I don't think I've. I can't remember having uh, this level of expectation for a video game and it not being disappointed. I purposefully kind of went into it not knowing anything about it. Oh yeah, okay. Well, I didn't try that. I tried to go in not like being. Oh, if it's bad, then it's fine. You know, at least we got. You know, we got a couple of good games. I no, I really needed to be decent. I got code for it just before Christmas, but then I had to go home, and I thought actually in a way that allowed my excitement to sort of subside, and I was sort of like, oh, okay, fine. And then when I came back after Christmas, I kind of went into it being like, well, look, I'm going on holiday for a week, get a bit of sun for New Year. Um, tomorrow, I thought, look, if I do a really fast pack. I just pack on my clothes really, really quickly. <laughs> I thought maybe I can have a little go. A little go sure. on XCOM, yeah. right? Just see what it's like. Mm-hmm. Get a bit of flavour. Maybe do the first couple of missions. Precisely. Really think. Yeah. I played it for 15 hours that day. Boom. <laughs> and I still somehow managed to pack. Yeah. And go. But I, I, can't, I couldn't believe how engaging I found it. Now, for those of you who don't know, like XCOM 2 makes a bunch of changes. You're kind of like a more guerrilla outfit trying to fight against the man. Yep. Um, it's got a kind of slightly syndicate vibe in terms of it being like the world is now run by this sort of alien-human alliance called... The, what are they called? The bloody Advent. The Advent. Yeah, so like it, in XCOM Anyone Unknown, uh, you started with the full support of the council, which were like the represent- uh, representatives of each nation, and you, know, you had all of them on board, and then slowly as you went through it, you probably... That number started to drop, and you needed to hold on to as many of them as possible mm-hmm. so you can complete the game. This time, it seems like it's like the opposite of that. So you, yeah, you start with pretty much nothing and try to build up this kind of resistance against against Advent. It's a full reversal, and also it's great because the the, the biggest problem I think with the original XCOM was the fact that you had these two halves of the game. You had the tactical game, the mm-hmm. combat that was great. And then you had the strategic game, the kind of the world, the base, and yeah. all that stuff. And really, the strategic game was a lot lighter and a lot more easy to manipulate. I didn't realise that I 
had issues with the strategic part of the game until I played XCOM 2. Like, thinking really? back at, thinking back now, satellites yeah. are rubbish. Like, what, I don't, like, I never realised that until I, until, until I started playing this. I don't like satellites, I don't think. Well, I hope people get it. There's a bit in my video where I just go, now to talk about the elephant in the room, and I just say satellite. I'm yeah. hoping that people <laughs> will actually know what I'm on about. Oh, come on, yeah. The, the, the people that are currently, like, watching every single, like, XCOM YouTube video they can find... They know, they know this. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. People and listening actually, to a podcast that's already said this is only going to be about XCOM 2 probably know that. No, you're right. <laughs> I'll try not to cross over as many topics as well, but uh, for those of you interested in the video I do, it doesn't have any specific spoilers about uh, enemies or items or anything like that. We may have a little bit of that in this today, just talk about some of the yep. stuff we've experienced in the game. Uh, but that video is purely just looking at in kind of broad design strokes and mm-hmm. looking at tiny decisions and how they kind of affect the whole game. Um, so it's pretty much completely spoiler-free if you care about those things. Sure. Uh, another thing I was going to just whilst we're on the, the topic of like realising I didn't really like satellites another thing that I, I sort of realised is I found it really refreshing that there isn't or at least I don't know it yet um, there isn't a clear build order like in um, mm. in Amy Unknown there's one thing that can kind of scupper how uh, how successful your build order is and that's remember when you when you start the base and the kind of the, where the steam vents are located in uh, like the framework that you're going to build your base in that sure. can change like the optimum way of building it, yeah. If you're really into it, um, I don't yeah, yeah, no, it does. It's like kind of you. You realize you think, okay, well, you have to kind of plan ahead in terms of how you build. But your stuff. apart from that, like there was uh, there was a clear best way to to build, or like you, you you tend to do it in a very similar way every game. Yeah. Whereas this time they they've changed that through a, a, a few methods. One of one of which is like there's an added focus on like uh, randomization. Um, yes, I, I found and like uh, I I. I get the impression that campaigns are going to feel even uh, like different like well I've actually experimented with this you quite don't, a bit you've a second playthrough like, yes a bit, right? because I, I played it for about 15 hours and I came back and carried on my campaign which I was very much in love with and a little message popped up saying thank you for playing the preview of <laughs> XCOM 2 at which point I went no nah! And I, I, I wandered around my flat feeling quite sad and bereft for a little while because I didn't know what to do with myself. And then I pulled myself together and said, Matt, maybe you should fucking make a video about it or something. <laughs> do some bloody work. Um, but anyway, I went back again because I had suspicions about this kind of randomization. I wanted to see how effectively it would mix things up for <clears> playing a new campaign. And it does. Obviously, you've got the traditional kind of tutorial period. But after that, it's much more interesting. And actually... What's interesting about it is you you look in the first game and yeah, like you said, you've got this base building puzzle, which basically there is a clear path. Of a how puzzle's to do a good way best. to describe it, actually. If like from the moment you see that that framework at the start, you can draw in your mind like the perfect base. Like, yeah. Oh, the steam vents are here. Then we'll put like you know one of those power uh, units here, and then everything else can kind of fit around it. Absolutely. And that was what it was in the first game. It was a simple puzzle, but it was a simple puzzle to master. And then as soon as you realise that really the secret to the game was satellites because mm. really XCOM was a weird endurance game where all you had to make sure you did was just keep putting out satellites and stopping any nation from getting upset then the money would never drop and then once you had full satellite coverage of the world you were just earning loads of money and the whole game became quite easy so it became this game of just rushing to make as many satellites as you could as quickly as you could they tried to fix that in Enemy Within the expansion mm-hmm. just by stabbing you constantly while you were trying to build satellites <laughs> yeah. they kind of just made it more difficult so that you couldn't afford to sneakily there was like always in every campaign of XCOM there was a tipping point which was the point where you just invested really heavily in building the next batch of of satellites and at that point because you were under equipped 
it was like a kind of gamble and you might get completely screwed over but if you could ride it out then you made so much money that it was like plasma rifles for yeah. everyone a brilliant thing about this actually like this is a valid complaint and I, I think well they've obviously realised this that's why they've changed it but this is a complaint that only pops up once you really understand oh, the yeah. game and that's multiple oh, yeah. playthroughs like that the first time you play Enemy Unknown it's just great that, that doesn't happen and actually that's one of the things that I really really enjoyed playing this preview build is that like I don't have a fucking clue what's going on again yeah and it's such a great feeling like I know the basic rules I know how XCOM works but I don't know like what I should be researching I don't know how enemies are going to work until I meet them that's cool yeah a lot of the stuff is like and I, I kind of felt like a first that a lot of the stuff on the new kind of uh, strategic layer was a bit obtuse the fact you've got resources which mm-hmm. are basically money but you've also got intel which is like a different kind of money yeah. so you've got two economies and then you've got other stuff and the base building thing is completely different now it's not it's just not the same at all. It's a much smaller amount of space. Um, building is slightly less important because you can get resources from kind of flying around the world and doing stuff. We'll go back to that in a minute. Um, but it's almost like a simple, like a board game. It's like a worker placement game. But being like, well, you've got three engineers. What do you want to do with them? You'd be like, well, this one, this guy's going to dig a hole for a new room. Mm-hmm. This guy's going to stay in the power room to make more power. And then this guy's going to do this. And it starts to have that same kind of board game style mechanic of like, you build an engineering place, then you put an engineer in it. That engineer creates two little robots. And then those two <laughs> robots can act as engineers in adjacent rooms. So already you've got this kind of very, it's clearly board game inspired, but it's like a really simple like board game puzzle. Um, but what's nice is that in the first game, because it was just your base, that element of the game like had too much weight on it. It was too important and it was too easy. Whereas this, it's like you've got this fun little game of being like, all right, well, he's doing that for 20 days. He's doing that for 10 days. And after that, he's going to do this. But then you've also got this, this system of having uh, events dynamically popping up within your radio range, which is basically mm-hmm. like the new equivalent of, of satellites sure. but instead of it keeping you have to happy, protect them still and like it, it, yeah. It, it yeah your influence grows as you build more of them but also it's that it's not just you get more money for getting more of them in the same way you did with satellites yeah. in a way but um rather than keeping people happy it just means that when you've got one you get money and you find out about events mm-hmm. and these events pop up and it's nice in the fact that you don't know how long they're going to stay there for they do disappear after a while but it'll be like oh we've just found some new rookies like so, oh, oh we found some Intel and you just you fly over there time passes and then you get that stuff for free you don't have to do a mission Mm -hmm. and that's kind of amazing sometimes because it means I've actually had points on the world map where I've been punching the air because I just lost loads of rookies in a horrible mission or something it's like oh we just two days later it's like there's some rookies here should we go and get them you're like yes (laughs) because it's like I haven't got any supplies I can't afford any rookies this is something that I wanted to ask because I've only played like I played you know less than you Um, I still find the G-Escape stuff is that still what we call it like the the world map I guess so I still find it like I I, I think about it day to day I don't really have a plan of it like the, so there is um, I'm not sure if we can really talk about this but there is a, a the aliens are up to something and you need to stop that yeah we can talk about I mean the thing is it was great in the in the embargo notes is like you can talk about it but you can't talk about what it is it's like I don't know what it is yeah <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get that yeah. far I don't, but um so so there's so I I know that there's a like there's a countdown going on and I need to stop the aliens from doing this thing um and I I get that and I'm slowly working towards it but. There's a lot to choose from. Like, those yeah. events that you talk about, there's there's almost too many to keep up with. And, you know, that's actually one of my few... I wouldn't say it's complaint, um, but it's one of my, the few things about the game that just feels, like, uncharacteristically messy. Mm. Because everything about the original... Well, everything about the tactical side of the original XCOM 
just felt so neat and carefully made and clever and simple. Um, and actually, I think in XCOM 2, they have um, added to that in a way. They've actually made other elements, things like armor, like is now actually simplified as well in a way. And they've actually kind of added more elegant design. They have shifted away from it in some ways, like um, your units now scale up in terms of how much health they have more quickly. Um but there's reasons for that that we might come back to lately. Yep. It's mainly because you're fighting against more enemies and getting shot more often. So it's like you kind yeah, of need to. <laughs> um, but it's there are elements that they've added, especially on the strategic side, which just feel weirdly like messy compared yeah. to... Cause especially when they've, they've compressed down the way that the base building works. They've simplified that. They've actually made that really simple and elegant. And they've reduced the numbers on that. I mean, really, that's what elegance comes down to in my mind is often just being like, why is this 100? Um, could it be 10? Yeah. And they're like, if the answer is yes, then it should be 10. And then we're like, can it be one? <laughs> if the answer is one, yes, then make it one. Yeah. Um, and they've done that with like scientists and engineers. So instead of having like, you know, 20 scientists and 20 engineers, you have like three and they've all got names. Right. That's the, yeah, I, 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 we're on a bigger point here, but I want to quickly go off and say, so you had council missions in Enemy Unknown, Enemy Within, where you would rescue a scientist, a yeah. scientist, famous scientist, and it would be for the council. So you'd rescue him and then he'd, he'd start off and go and do scientists stuff for them something for the now, fucking council now there isn't like there isn't really a council you're the only people that give a crap anymore you get that and like the, you get an attachment to scientists and engineers yeah. like instead of having like oh I get like 50 new scientists every every month it's amazing isn't it it's it, like I love that because it means that when you're doing a VIP mission um, it's it's probably one of the first times in games where I've ever had a an escort mission mm-hmm. where I actually give a fuck yeah right <laughs> It's like this thing of like, you don't want this person to get shot. When the person gets shot, you're not just going, oh, fuck, I fell. Back to the Sky Ranger. It's like, oh, yeah. that was going to be the guy who was going to work in the power station. That would have been really useful. And then I could have made this facility. Yeah. But now he's, ah. Oh. So, yeah, that is that is lovely. But I think that's a, a smaller point than the one we were just going to finish off there. Like, the, I think what you, you're trying to say, like, the, the so the, the Geoscape, the world map stuff, because of these random events that happen. Mm-hmm. It, I know what you mean. It, I found it to feel a bit messy, but I don't know whether or not that's just because I don't know what the full picture looks like yet. Like yeah. I don't know exactly what I, I'm going to want at the end of the game. Like I don't know what I'm building you it know, towards. I think it's more that um, the new stuff they've added on the tactical layer, um, especially things like the way the armor works and the way the hacking works, um, explained with basic tutorials, and then you just learn through doing. Mm-hmm. And actually it's all quite obvious and it's also quite nicely visually signposted you just press the buttons the first time you don't know what's happening but then you look at what happens and you go oh I get it now I get it whereas some of the stuff on the kind of strategic layer is not as clear and actually the first kind of campaign I played through I did a lot of stuff quite wrong and um, not majorly I was still having a good time but and I'm sure I did loads of stuff wrong on my first playthrough of XCOM of yeah, course true. but I didn't really know what was going on with a lot of stuff and actually especially when it started popping up on the world map with like oh there's all these four different things like you can go here for intel you can go here for resources you can go here for rookies you can go here for this I didn't really know what was going so on when you get supplies um, like you get your income during the month it's dropped on the map somewhere you have to go and pick that up yeah. and spend days doing that and it, yeah, it, it just feels like there's a lot going on. And I'm wary of saying it is, it's a complaint yet, yeah, because I don't know. Like, no. I, I, I imagine the first time I played Enemy Unknown and I looked at the satellites, and to be fair, they did turn out, maybe they weren't 
um, the the game's best feature. I imagine I thought like this, like the strategic about the game is fucking crazy, man. Like what's going on there? Yeah. Um, and eventually you kind of. I think it's to- just when it gets to that point where like there's like about five different things you can do, and you just don't really. What what's lucky though actually is at first I find it a bit overwhelming and a bit obtuse, but actually after starting again a game another game, mm-hmm. actually I kind of for whatever reason I just clocked a lot of stuff. I knew what the things were, I knew what I could do with yeah. them. To I think that will that will and I enjoyed it a lot more. Yeah. And I enjoyed things of being like, Oh, it's a supply drop and having to go and get it and collecting intel and spending it at the black market on mm-hmm. like cool upgrades or speedier research and um Yeah. I, I yeah, I just uh, it, it doesn't it doesn't seem to have the same kind of uh, like it doesn't ease you in in the same way that the tactical no. game, the new changes in the tactical stuff do. And you I know, think. I think it is lacking in polish and finesse. I think it could have been simpler and cleaner, um, but uh, it's okay mm-hmm. because I think that one of the difficulties of it is they wanted to. I, I'm assuming that what they wanted to do was to add the same level of. Uh, complexity and intrigue to the strategic layer yep. as you find in the tactical layer and, and the way they've done that they haven't managed to do it in quite a clean and neat way but it does work yep. and I think that's the thing that's amazing about it is I do actually get excited and compelled about flying around the world and picking up stuff especially because you start to have these uh, interesting elements that get added I mean one of the things I really like about the new strategic kind of part of the game is uh, something I wonder if they've actually borrowed the idea from the XCOM board game because there was a similar thing in that where you had to draw a bunch of cards called crisis cards yeah and then you I had, was like, thinking that when you said they've learnt from board games um, well they've been working on them too yeah right? I, and I, I really think that you know it was a designer another designer who worked on the XCOM board game but they would have been looking at it and they sure. would have been feeding back mm-hmm. and all that stuff and I wonder if they just looked at that and went that's a cool idea. Can we put that in the game? Because basically the game, in the board game, you have this thing where you get all these crisis cards and it's like, oh, here's six bad things are going to happen. Yeah. You can only get rid of four of them. Right? Yeah, I, I love that. that And, and so that, that turns called, up once yeah. a month, right? It's called Dark, Dark Event. Events. Yeah. And it's lovely because what it means is it means like you have like two, maybe three things that the aliens are working on and you have a timeline for them. It's like, this is going to happen in four weeks. Yep. This is going to happen in three weeks. Sometimes you have two. Sometimes you have three and the third one is like, blocked off and you have to spend intel to find out even what sure. it is it's like an unknown thing and what's lovely is then about a week later in game it will ask you you know, I get a choice of three missions and it used to do this in the last game of being like oh shit like you got an alien that's hacking Berlin Spain Australia and the the thing with that was it was always like oh you just had to go to the you always had to go to the place that was already the least happy like mm-hmm. the Australians were fucked off with the XCOM project you went to fucking yeah. Australia Fuck them, but <laughs> uh, whereas in this, it's like you, you genuinely have to weigh up like what the risks are. It's like you know, one thing will be like, oh, you know, the intel costs will be double for a month, or like, oh, uh, there'll be another inv- like basically another terror mission quicker, yeah, or something. And you have to there's, be like, yeah, there's a bunch of I imagine we've seen of them. all of them. I um, I think I was reading uh, maybe the PC Games End preview, um, and they were talking about the the dark events, and that they had a choice at one point, which was. Between, between something that sounded really bad and one that said, right, from every mission this month, you're going to get uh, two rounds of reinforcements, which d- does sound <laughs> bad, but in your mind, because I'd be the same, I think. I'd be like, I can handle that. Because, like, sod it, I'd be able to do that. Reinforcements. That's a lot of men. And then uh, <laughs> that month, they, they end up losing, a, like, a valued soldier to the second round yeah. of reinforcements. And then suddenly... The reason that you lost that soldier probably comes back to the, the, that just that click of the button, that decision. Absolutely, and absolutely. That, I think that is actually one of my favourite changes to this. And the other thing stuff. I've realised is that what's nice is that on this map, basically, time passes 
not that hugely when you're moving around the world because you've got this giant ship and it, it. I wish you told you how much that was. Like it, it's usually like less mm, than a day, right? Yeah, there's that, and there's another tiny thing which really actually aggravates me a little bit is that after you've done the thing, it asks you if you want to return to base, and you're like, no. Yeah. Usually you don't want to return to base. Yeah. Usually you want to go somewhere else, and the fact that like you always have to go, no, no. I just wish if it was like, just don't. You know what? Great though. This game's got mud support, so that's the full game. I know, fix on I day know. One. The mud support is, <laughs> is like so embedded that I think that's all these tiny niggles, which yeah. basically be nothing, like UI changes fixed. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, like there's a lot of bugs as well. And I wonder, I really wonder. One of the things I wonder is uh, how the community will go to town on the bugs. I mean, it's something I didn't mention in the video because I find it quite tedious. But um, yes, like the, the XCOM Two has the same problem as XCOM of like occasionally the animations just being a bit off or glitching yeah. out slightly. I I don't I really never mind really that. cared. Yeah, I I've I've always I, I don't know. But I think I I always quite like it. It's just a weird XCOM thing, and it never really bothers me. But yeah, um, I just don't. I just do not care about it. I have seen so, the one where yeah, like yeah. when an important thing happens in the tactical it and slows it slows down, down. Too long. Yeah. For some reason, I th- I really hope that one gets fixed because it like it will focus on a character in slow motion. It's probably not even doing anything cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you you stuck with that. But yeah, oh, I'm sure it will. I mean, this, these are things where like they're not game breaking bugs. They're kind yeah. of like a bit annoying. Occasionally, it does that. The one that I've noticed is when it like slows down because it's like, oh, you're not supposed to be slowing down, are you? Yeah. And not in terms of your PC slowing down as if it like doing that cinematic yeah. camera and it's like you're not supposed to be doing that yeah. are you and it's like uh, <laughs> but honestly like these all have been minor things that none of them have even managed to dent my enthusiasm yeah. for the game so even if it launches like that I just say like fuck it it doesn't matter mm-hmm. like it's still awesome I, I would like if anyone uh, watched the the preview that I did uh, a, a couple of months ago now um, there was one bug that would have been a real issue which was when you uh, you couldn't cycle between layers on buildings and you had, yeah, to, you had to make a movement and then it would be okay I didn't run into that did you have you seen it I haven't seen that but I have found that sometimes when I'm scrolling between the um, the layers of the buildings like sometimes you it doesn't show you them very precisely okay like you have, but you, yeah, you have to move to kind of see it but I haven't again I've found that I've been like oh that's something that needs to be sorted out but it, it, it hasn't really been a major issue. Yeah, it was definitely happening a lot more when I played it a couple months ago. So that I think they've definitely worked. There's on bits that. and bobs that needs a bit of polish. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. also the thing that I found interesting was that like there are some things which you I already, as this traditional gamers, found myself like working finding workarounds for all sorts of things that I don't quite like, mm. like um, realizing that I don't like watching the animations for like some of the bits and realising that actually you can just tab to the next character and yeah. it often breaks it I you can tab yeah. to the next character or just use the mouse like up and down thing to just tab out and just be like just skip the animation yeah. and when you get the new reinforcements flying in the ship um, and you have to watch the ship animation I'm sure as you press the escape to go to the option menu and then press escape and, then, <laughs> it, cuts and then it cancels the cutscene which is like but again it's like these are the minor irritations that come from somebody who has played this for 15 hours in one day yeah. and being like come on come on I need to do I need to do more yeah. I need to do more it's, oh man um, I, shall we shall we switch over to, to the tactical stuff we haven't really talked about that uh, yeah, so much yet we can come back to the strategic in a bit so the the thing that really stands out between this and its predecessor for me is that the game just has a sense of urgency which the I don't think Enemy Unknown had Enemy Within Enemy Within tried to do a little bit. It tried to hack it with the whole meld idea, but they were working on someone else's system and they were trying to fix it. XCOM Two was has come like from from scratch. It's thought like how do we make sure that character uh, players aren't moving and overwatching every turn? Yeah, um, and 
like there were like four Overwatch, ways. Overwatch is a real choice now. Yeah, it's a real choice. And actually, when I started playing, I, I was just doing my usual thing of just putting people on Overwatch all the time because it's the best thing mm-hmm. to do. It isn't anymore. It's often a really bad thing to yeah. do. Like, well, you... it looks cool. Have you noticed that? Yeah, <laughs> it does look cool. And actually, something I do like about Overwatch. Once again, these these sound like small points, but when you played a lot of it, it's it's amazing. I I love that Overwatch cycles. So um, in in Enemy Unknown, when yes. Overwatch triggered, everyone would shoot at the same time. <laughs> and so, say it's a sectoid with free health. Fucking yes. Like four people take out a sectoid, and you're like, no, come on, chip, come on, guys, this is basic. And now now they do that. Now they they cycle. So yeah, they number one, takes a shot. number two, and it does a cool slow motion camera that sometimes works <laughs> and it's yeah, like yeah. it looks fucking ace like yeah when it like swings around to the next person taking yeah. a shot yeah oh. it's like that's what thing is this is what I mean I sometimes the camera doesn't actually like it's trying to show something really cool and it gets stuck <laughs> in a wall and it's like it doesn't look as cool as it's supposed to but because of the ambition of what it's trying to do right, okay, I, was gonna I say don't that. care I was like at least it tried because <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I appreciate the effort it's because like the, yeah. you think something cool's going on and I'm glad you, you've tried to make it look because cool because I know it's one of these I, I, I know from, from just understanding <laughs> games that it was either that or making a system whereby it goes camera one and then just cuts to camera two yeah. and the fact that it tries to swing around behind each person one after other mm-hmm. they all shoot because yes occasionally it swings around <laughs> behind the last person who kills it and there's a bit of wall in the way so you don't see the enemy die but when it gets it right oh man it's, it's so fucking good mate games are cinematic <laughs> oh man but no that's actually that feature is something which uh, I was really close to putting in the video but yeah. I was like dude this video is like ballooning out of control mm. and this is like this is a point. I can't help myself. I like. I, no, no, on a bigger point. Then and I'm like, no, oh, but let's but quickly just mention that, this. <laughs> and that is the key to XCOM. That is why it's XCOM Two is a joy to play. Is it's a game which has been designed from the ground up by the process of looking at XCOM mm-hmm. and looking at what makes it work and looking at um, what can be refined, but then looking at what doesn't work and just fixing it in such a beautiful way and that's why I get excited the thing the other bit I kept in the video was a bit about armour because that excites me so much because what they've managed (laughs) to do right is rather than armour just giving you more health right Mm -hmm. there's nothing satisfying about a guy who's got four more health getting shot and not dying you just go well of course he didn't he's got four more health but by giving you this little yellow token next to the character's health that every time you get shot removes one damage and by every time you get shot pops up saying I got hit this much, but he, this much went to the armor. It means that, like, you are constantly being rewarded yeah. for having like, armor. Visually and rewarded. it means that when you get shot, sometimes that feels good. Yeah. Because it, it actually makes getting shot feel fun. And I'm just like, <laughs> that's fucking genius. Because most game designers would would just never even think of that. The, the, the kind of conversations are always like, how can we make it feel good that when you shoot an alien, it feels good? Yeah. Like, the fact that somebody, I hope this is why it's happened anyway, the fact that somebody has had a conversation of going, is there a way we can make it feel good when you get shot? Yeah. And the answer is, yes, I'd like this. I'm just like, I fucking love this game. Like, like, oh, the, the, the changes they made, I'm sure that conversation happened. Uh, but like the, So the complaint that I love that they've addressed, that whole like move Overwatch um, thing, the reason you often had to do that in XCOM Enemy Unknown is that uh, the way that you encountered enemies it kind of meant that that was the best way to do it because yeah. as soon as you see a group of enemies, they call them pods, uh, they they then react and run into cover. So if you've moved and overwatched and then the enemy's triggered because they patrol into you or something, they all run around. Yeah. you get to take shots at them whilst they're into cover and so that became the best way to do it. And it's not that fun. Whereas, so there are, 
there are four ways it stops you from doing that. I think first of all is the concealment when you when you enter a mission. Mm-hmm. Most missions have concealment in it. It means that all your characters are undetected at the moment, and you get to set up a big ambush. Yeah, it means is- you're not protected from. You're not actually looking to protect yourself from gunfire. All you need to do is protect yourself from line of sight. Yep. So half cover mm-hmm. is fine. Yeah, because all you need to do is just like cower behind a bin. And like when when you pull off a successful ambush and you you wipe out a group of aliens that you've just discovered, it is satisfying as hell. Yeah, because you you will position people. You'll put a sniper on a roof like before you even encounter people and then you've got everyone in the best positions that's amazing um, there's the whole fact that like sometimes when enemies die they will drop loot that has a timer on it that's the kind of mild idea that, yep. that was and within but it means oh shit I can't I, I need to like be a little bit ambitious here and move forwards if I want to get that then you've got the fact that um, like the, the game seems to have so many objectives that I, like I'm not used to like the, the, the you do occasionally have missions where it's like kill everyone it's rare though, but even those have yeah. usually have a stipulation. It's like kill everyone and get to this before it freaking blows up, or something. Yeah, um, and that's and actually that's what I find is is really interesting about XCOM Two is the fact that these this new mechanic of combining this concealment of this like stealth with missions whereby you've got to get in and get out within a certain amount of time. Often it's like get the hostage, get out here, and it's not just like get out here. It's like get out here and get to your cars here in ten minutes. Yeah. and it's this thing of it means that sometimes on missions I started to realize I'm like, hang on a minute, on missions where you don't actually kill everything, and that's not the aim. You don't take the corpses home either yeah. because you're going yeah, yeah. and so you kind of go well, what's the point in killing all the enemies then and you go well there isn't really but any it, point it and so you so realise that like you actually want to try and spend most of the mission remaining concealed bust out the, the hostage at the last minute mm-hmm. kill a couple of aliens and leg it yep. and like the fact that you have missions like that where you end up having a mission where you kill two aliens and no one gets hurt no one gets that's- scratched and that's really satisfying. Yeah, that's never been a thing before. That's no. never been able to. And uh, yeah, the, the hostage one's one that I found really, really exciting because of that. Like the the, the timer for the hostage, like usually I, I was thinking, right, oh, I need to get to the hostage within this time. And no, it's like you need no. to get the hostage, get them out of this like locked room that they're in and then get them to the like the, the, like, the drop zone or whatever where you're going to escape yeah. within that time. And I literally like got my entire team out by dashing everyone on the last turn and just managed to get like just creep into the the little area which I needed to be in it was so like you know I flaked out a lot on I mean I I haven't been playing this on Iron Man I've been playing it on a slightly tougher difficulty just to get a feel for it but mm-hmm. uh I've been like safe scumming a lot. I've been like when people have been dying, I've been reloading just because I wanted to see as much of the game as possible yeah. and so I couldn't afford like massive uh back sets. But I can't imagine like setbacks. I can't imagine playing it on Iron Man because I, I, I think I can. I, I can, but it's like because there's so many it'd be great fun because there's so many randomized elements of it now, like randomized loot, randomized uh, other stuff we'll get to later. But the fact that um the thing I can't get my head around is I'm, you know, as an XCOM veteran, this new timer thing is, yeah. is huge. Like, and I've had a few missions where I've been like, I've had to reload a really early mission because I've just like, if you get caught up in a fight, mm-hmm. the problem is like, you might win that fight. Yeah. And you, and you have a little moment where you're like, fucking A, I just got everyone there without losing like, any health. And there's then, no way that half the yeah. team can make it to evacuation. Yep. And, point that's it. And, then, and then they're dead. They're yeah. left behind. That's it. Which is, which changes how you, how you, you play the game completely. Changes the game massively. Because you need to use things like, uh, so concealment, for example, when usually, when you first start playing, you're like, right, I want to use concealment to get a successful ambush and wipe out two free aliens without any losses. That's how we fucking start missions now. All right. But like, as soon as the time is introduced, um, 
like in certain missions, you not may start to think like I should try and not do that for a while and use concealment to get close to the objective, then start my ambush and yeah. then try and like uh, like figure this out. And then the fact that you've got like the kind of uh, assault style soldier with this kind of sword and mm-hmm. shotgun, yep. like who oh, can basically yeah. just charge and slash stuff with the sword. The fact that they get an ability, an optional ability and upgrade is the ability for them to re-enter concealment. Yeah. And also like, I, didn't, I, I, I didn't dare go for it. I, it's one of those really interesting abilities that I was like that sounds interesting but the other one's like Oh uh, it's great because it means they can like, stay more sword down or something for me now like that, I'm going to use that it means though. you can have it so an assault stays in concealment even when the rest of the squad isn't so yeah. it means you have your ambush but then you've still got this assault going off and like going for the objective without any of the aliens knowing they're there oh shit and you can fuck I, and I then so you can draw everyone else to your main yeah. group and the assault can go and and you fuck. still see all of the like because you know you see the on the UI like the bits where you can't go because you'll get seen yeah. so you can just move around that and be careful and stealthy holy shit and it means then you, rescue can, the you can wait or, or you can just right. wait until a point where like they're right next to an enemy and the enemy has no idea they're there and they just pop up with a shotgun kill them and then they activate their ability to go back into concealment which means that then they're just like so they drop a ghost oh man I actually had this wonderful thing one of the things I really love about XCOM 2 is the fact they've added this new human angle I I touched on it earlier the fact that like you know now you're scientists and your engineers have names and you you go attached to them in a way did you notice that on the uh, the terror missions which work in the same way and you're trying to save civilians well the humans have names the civilians have names what the fuck it changes it it shouldn't but it it changes and that's the thing is there's more of an emphasis on the human characters and I also love the fact that even your soldiers like more customization and more randomization means mm-hmm. you actually get delivered soldiers who look more like humans than they do Playmobil characters <laughs> and you grow attached to them and like some of them I just give them like a different uh, I just change one thing and I'm, like, I'm giving you a hat or I'm giving you a cigar or I'm giving you some sunglasses and I just go yeah. Did you know you start getting wanted posters appear on maps yeah. with your soldiers a on them? Yeah, a tiny detail, but it's beautiful. It's wonderful. Did you know that when soldiers get massively injured, like, they actually just get scars, and you can remove the scars in the character oh, customization. Like, oh, God, that's brilliant. So it's like, like, I have this have incredible French lady who's like a heavy soldier, and she's just absolutely amazing and always just says things in French, because, yes, you can choose to, like, yeah. have all of the nationalities speak in their nationality. Crazy. And she just turns up with a minigun and a rocket launcher and grenade, says something in French that I don't understand. <laughs> Could be anything. Fucks them up. <laughs> but she's like been involved in so many serious scrapes with rockets and grenades that she's just like gone from being this like fresh faced beauty to being this like pockmarked, oh, scarred. Man. And it's like, I, I said this in the video, it's like, I didn't engineer it, but for whatever reason, my main squad in my first save ended up being like mostly comprised of like alternate reality versions of Sarah Connor, like a French <laughs> one, a Swedish skinhead, and I'm just like just had all these amazing badass women. I didn't want to change their names. I didn't want to change any of their customization. It's just like these were the soldiers, but they changed because of what happens. That's cool. but I love that the uh, one of mine in assault this this woman with a hood um, who was my uh, kind of concealment expert. She would just always be like. Most missions, I really just, regret not going down that route now. Yeah, I think I have to try it. For most missions, so cool. she wouldn't even come out of concealment. For most missions, she'd ah. just be like waiting for the right moment or going to the objective, and there'd never be the right moment. But it meant that she'd get kills um, occasionally and she'd leveled up and she survived, but it meant she'd never really been hurt. And it meant the rest of the squad were covered in scars. She still had this kind of baby face demeanor. That's cool. But even, and this is what I love, is the fact that they've not just made it aesthetic, that whole thing about characters getting shaken. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, like, if a character almost gets killed, their will is reduced. Yeah. And it means they're kind of like, they've got, like, you know, trauma. But if you can then take them into a mission, get them to get a kill or two, and then not get hurt at all, 
then not only does their will go back to what it was before, their will is increased. Yeah, I love that. So I love that the fact that this baby-faced soldier who's been out there, she's great, and it's great she's never been That's hurt. That's a story, though, isn't it? Like, but that she's is, not tough. It's a, but, <laughs> but it's also, that is an actual story. Like, the character has, has gone through, that is a character arc. Like, yeah. You know, she had a low point and then managed to come back from it and learn from the low point. And, and that's why I'm actually kind of gutted that the um, the ability to change scars and give characters scars is in the game. Yeah, because... I, I was just going to say that. I wonder if it, I wonder if it should have been... Uh, like... I think it should have been mandatory because I love the fact that it's like you get these characters covered in scars and you know that they're bad. Well, like, you can, you just not do it. Well, no, that's yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. But I love that some of them are like fresh-faced and I'm like, yeah, you're a hero. Yeah, you think you're all that. But I'm just like... One day when <laughs> when the real aliens come for you, you're going to be in trouble. Yeah. Like you know, when things heat up, you're going to lose your shit. Uh, Even if you're a c- captain or whatever, somebody more senior than you is going to die in the field. And I'm just waiting for it. But that's lovely. Is they've actually made it feel like if it does actually make as much of an impact as it suggests, they've made it feel like something like willpower is a tangible thing that you can almost see in the faces <laughs> of the soldiers, which yeah. I really love. I yeah. love it. It's like, yeah, you're good, but can you hack it? That's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so the, I uh, I mentioned three of the things that the game's trying to make you move a little bit more. Uh, you take a few more risks. So there's the concealment, yeah. like from the beginning, you can you have the confidence to move because you you know where the line of sight is and everything. You can't hang back with snipers either yeah. anymore. Like you used to be able to hang back with snipers. And you don't need to. They've reworked the snipers so you don't. The pistols are actually pistols fucking, are awesome. And they yeah. look ace. Um, yeah, they're so cool. There's the item drops that are really really good a lot of the time. Like the weapon upgrades and important items that you can use uh, back at your base. Like those are pickups that you'll need to like pick up before they explode. Um, there's the the variation in objectives not always but a lot of the time you're encouraged to like complete a mission before things go bad and then there's also reinforcements as well which we mentioned before like so that's four reasons why you can't just move overwatch move overwatch every single turn like you, you one of those things will come back to bite you if you try and oh, there's, there's more than that as well it's great there's, um, there's the fact that like I mean yeah you've got to keep moving because you can't afford to just stay in one place because you've got to start moving towards there's so many things going on yeah. so you have to move and then shoot maybe uh, and you know when you have a sniper hanging back on that building at the start just because they've got a great vantage point that starts to become a real choice you're like well he can't stay here for much longer he's got to get, to he's got to get p- over there he's got to get picked so, up eventually yeah. so you have to say like, well what? maybe one more shot why is it like a sniper in the old game if you went for squad sight you them at the back of the you put them Smurf in a high, a high point maybe back corner and like as long as they have uh, what the game defines line of sight um, you could you can leave them there the entire game and that's it whereas now a lot of the missions are like no the sniper's going to have to keep moving and oh, I love it that's it, these are such these are people that have have understood like the Exo Many More Known was a very very popular game like uh, in terms of like the reaction to it people loved it but these people like the devs know the bits they didn't like I don't think I mean from what I've heard I don't think that they expected people to play XCOM as much as people did right yeah and I think that yeah, like the, the, the complaint we're talking about satellites is like that you don't yeah, worry about that I didn't, your third playthrough I didn't probably. <laughs> clock any of that yeah. until I played it like t- six times exactly I remember like going onto my Xbox and having like loading up like Iron Man save 23 or whatever because I just restarted so many times because I just I wanted to crack it so eventually I did you know but I, I, this is what I want to try and do with uh, XCOM 2 to see if I can replicate what happened with Unknown but like with Enemy Unknown I never I only ever tried to play classic Iron Man and yeah. I'd never played an XCOM game before and I failed something like uh, like it probably went into approaching double digits yeah and like 
I loved it. That's why I'm such see, a fan today. Like, I am ready for that now as well. It's what's lovely about getting to preview a little bit is it means that I'm I'm now I can't keep probably can't keep that safe file. So I'm ready now yeah. for classic Iron Man. Like I I feel like I have a basic enough understanding mm-hmm. of the game. But it's amazing all the stuff they've added to like really um uh pandas to people who want to do that to make it different. Like and something really simple, it's just really, really clever, is the fact that one of the loot types you get or one of the mission rewards you get is something called an Illyrium core. And I yep. didn't clock this um for quite a while. But the way those work is it means you get this sort of separate um base building which you have to build as part of the story. And you can just then go, oh, do you want to ex- research experimental ammo or experimental grenades? And you get other things you can spend them on, like kind of better upgrades for other things, but they're more like um, known it'd be like you get you research this you'll get a better medikit or whatever right. but with these these two constants of uh, kind of experimental ammo and experimental grenades it's like lucky dip it's mm-hmm. like you spend it it takes like 10 days to make it and then you get one of the game's variations of ammo or grenades and they're all like roughly as good as each other but it'll change the way you play so yeah. if the first grenade you get is a poison grenade like that's really cool but then the first ammo you get is like incendiary then you're like well I realise with incendiary ammo it's like you put that on the sniper and then he means he gets his free shot with a pistol yeah, only does two damage lucky hands or something like that yeah like yeah. you know you get all these like quick shooting pistol yeah. stuff doesn't do much damage but it sets everyone on fire yeah. which is like that's amazing and so yeah like all of these elements that add this randomization, it feels like they've really gone to town on making sure that you can it's you can replay it's it, which is like, something they didn't think about like the you know, the the reason people dig roguelike so much is because there there's often some kind of item progression or ability progression in most of these games, and it's often a little bit random. And so if you get like incendiary ammo early on, it like you then try and build a play like a a playstyle around that, yeah. And, like the, it, it takes a little bit of that trace out of your hands, but means that every campaign will have a very di- distinct feel to it. Yeah, hopefully. there is, and I think there's a lot more scope for like uh, being quite inventive with your group build out as well. Like, I mean, I, I've already been thinking like, hang on a minute, if I get four assaults, who can all go back into like concealment? And <laughs> it's like, oh shit, could I just have like proper stealth missions? Oh, fucking hell, you could, you could, and like. Holy for certain shit, mission types crazy. see I've been thinking about it way too much uh, but it's just I, I was just kind of never picked that one because I think like literally the other choice I think is something like just more like, damage with swords which yeah, is and great and I was like right. well uh, you know that does sound sexy and cool but like more damage with swords that's gonna that's gonna see me through this that's what I need like that's my bread and butter um, actually no shit I should have gone for the cool one because uh, no, so much fun there's a lot of fun stuff going on there but I mean actually one of the things about the game which I, I like the most in terms of it solves a problem in the first game is the way the hacking works is the fact that you've got this this skill hacking which some uh, types of soldiers are better at and they have like kind of little remote flying robots mm-hmm. that can go and hack things and it has this nice element of being like when you say hacking a door open it'll be like well do you want to hack the door open um, or do you want to hack the door open with one of these bonus things sure. and it'll be like you choose a bonus thing and then it means that your chance of succeeding in the basic task you're doing is diminished but if you do it then you get this cool bonus and usually it offers you two things one that's like it's quite an easy bonus to get and one that's like that's quite hard Yeah. and um, a lot of the bonuses are big changes to the strategic layer of the game so it'll be things like push back a dark event by two weeks it's mm-hmm. like that's huge like 
Yeah, yeah, or like you know, like um, or, uh, like some of them. So yeah, they, they they're both like tactical and strategic, depending on. Yeah, what sometimes it's like um, it will like give all of your team squad sight for two I turns. One of them was like you'll be immune for the, from damage for the next two turns. Something it was like a really high, stuff. Like that's like completely changes how you, you real game changer stuff. Yeah. But I just love the fact that you've got things like that where you can actually like one of them I saw was like increase the funding of this area by twenty five supplies like permanently. So it means yeah. you can actually like. But the problem is if you fail it, then it'll be like it'll hurt your character and stun them. And so you yeah, have. I this, think there are different. Uh, yeah, different punishments as well. As well. Yeah. But it's the fact that you have this option to be like, do you want to risk making your life right now here in this fight? Yeah. Much worse for a punt at getting something for the strategic layer, which is really going to help you. And I think that's the kind of interesting choice which was completely lacking from the first game. And even the fact you have some missions where it's like a supply grab where you're going to get crates of stuff. And um, if you like, when you're on the map, you can see where the supplies are. They're like physical objects on the map and they're like clearly marked. And it means that like if you're shooting an enemy who's like line of sight is like past that and right. you miss and you hit the crate then it's like you've just lost some of your yeah. money so the fact that it actually has that kind of direct connection of having you to be asking you to be really careful and even with like basic stuff like the fact that going guns wild with explosions isn't as bad as it used to be it used to destroy the corpses which was a pain whereas now it will destroy the loot if they had any mm-hmm. so it means every time you kill enemies with a grenade you're I, rolling a I, dice I love that it tells you if that's happened though. yeah it's I know. such a dick move they didn't it's need like, to do that oh you destroyed that loot it's like fuck <laughs> you I didn't know there was any loot in that guy <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's 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 super clever, um, and even like as you were saying, with that kind of forcing you to to move and forcing you to maneuver, um, I talked that, about that. That sounds I, I like some people listening to this may be thinking, oh god, that actually sounds like that's not. I, I don't I don't like the time emissions in, in XCOM. Like, uh, like that's I don't like the the game pushing me around and making me rush. Yeah, it's an entirely mistakes. different design, though. But weirdly, like it's it's it feels so necessary now. It feels like when, because once you know how the game works, and this is this is like a playthrough free of X or many unknown. You start to play every mission the same way. You move an Overwatch as a little group all the way around. You trigger the first pod. Yeah. You deal with that. You do the next one, and like it becomes a formula. And sure, things can go wrong still, but like you know exactly what you're doing. It having to react on the fly and having to like. Just be a little bit more certain in it's yourself. It's just routine, isn't it? That's the yeah. problem. And I talked about this in the, in the video I made of it, just being like every mission in, in Enemy Unknown felt strangely linear of like you just push forward slowly and then you find the enemy and you kill them. Mm-hmm. But it also meant that like the you you always spent... And this was one of the things that was great about the game. You always spent the start of each mission of feeling a bit increasingly tense as you try and find the enemy. And then when you find the enemy, it's almost a relief. Yeah. And it was always the start of every mission that felt like... Mm-hmm. Whereas in this, like you're a bit more breezy at the start of the mission. You've got vision. You can see where things are. Sure, if you like, oh mate, I've, dash been, I've been dashing on turn turn one occasionally. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't give a shit. You just dash. You think, well, yeah. that's safe. I can see it. Run over there, and it means that I don't even do it as two movements. Sometimes I just go. I just like, yeah, yeah. fuck it. Same, same. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Run over there, and it means like you have this thing of like having a bit more free and easy. And the only time you really start to think about exact positioning is when you're either in a fight. Mm-hmm. or just about to kick one off sure. and that's what it should be like you shouldn't because the problem is you started to realise to be good at the original XCOM you had to be like going through this methodical approach of being super careful despite the fact there was nothing happening yeah. right? and I know that was kind of thematically nice from a military side of things that that's how they probably would behave mm-hmm. but in this it's so much cooler being free and easy yeah. the fact that you are rewarded for not just in like loot and goodies but like when you pull off an amazing like pincer attack flank, when you manage to actually get an attack from three sides at once and just decimate them, oh, it's like it feels amazing. It feels incredible, yep. and and it's it's not there's a, a an added pleasure in the fact that this isn't you 
yet reacting to something that's gone wrong. Like that point of the game is like one of the only moments where you get to go, right, I'm just going to, I plan this and I'm going to do it and it works and fucking hell that was ace. Like like in uh, Anime Unknown, you discover that first group and then you react to wherever they've moved often. Yeah. Like this is the, the ambush moment in that concealment stage is you being able to go, right, I'm just going to put you there and just you here and then, oh crap, now we're attacking from two sides. And that's what's lovely and about the it. assault not being out of concealment <laughs> because the enemies run into cover based on who they know about. Yeah. And then it means he's just like, oh, I'm over here. Though. Didn't, <laughs> didn't think about that, did you? I'm just behind you. No, it's it's very good. But it does it does engender in you a different sort of, uh, of play style because you, once you kind of realise the benefits of being doing things that actually in XCOM were the sorts of things that when I did the kind of Let's Play series uh, last year I had people like climbing up the walls with frustration of like splitting up your team into two groups mm-hmm. that sort of thing is like what are you doing like, but in this that's viable yeah. like you can do that you can try and flank try and get a pincer movement and sometimes it takes it out of your hands like the, one of the enemies I think it's already been like shown loads of trades and stuff the viper snake yeah. one of the things it does is just oh, yeah, that, yeah. physically pulls your soldier from a long way away to right next to it and starts choking it and then it means it's like well you can't hang back and you need to get in I, there to get them out I love being scared of units as well again like um, yeah. like the, the sectoid is pretty much there from uh, it's, it's not like, the tutorial mission but it's in the second mission I think and you're dealing with mind control like yeah. straight away yeah. I'm like what? <laughs> so I think the way that ability works the one they use most of the time I think is an ability you can unlock for have you seen the fifth class I don't know if we even should talk about this because that, that might be a spoiler I haven't seen it though okay. no so uh, I think well, it's like psi stuff yeah, yeah. well they, I, th- I think it's a similar ability to that you can get access to yourself but it's basically a, a, a dice roll I think between whether or not if it lands successfully it will either disorient uh, panic or mind control the enemy and so that's what the sector is doing but yeah gotcha. like encountering an, en- uh, uh, an enemy on like the second mission that can mind control you and also it's the first thing a sector did to me I just sat there going what the fuck? And if you <laughs> if you've come from the previous game, like the sectoids were the the, the lowest of the low, like yeah. you, you you like by the end of the game, although they you know you get some special units, a normal sectoid is like fucking hell. Come on, this is easy. I mean, it's got to be said that like the whole new tone they've gone for, I'm really happy. I remember saying a few years ago, I really hope they don't just try and phone it in or do like terror from the deep or whatever. Yeah. The fact they've actually gone, okay, well we can do original XCOM now. Let's make it our own a bit. They've got this sort of like human hybrid. Uh, sort of world they've got the sectoid being revamped to make like half human and it's got a much more sinister tone yeah but it's not po-faced it's just it kind of makes you realize that the original game was just a bit pantomime mm-hmm. which was fine but what they've gone for here is like it is a bit scary like this whole thing of avatar of like instead of having the reverse of having it being like one by one losing council members permanently yep. in this you have the avatar project which is just the aliens working on something fucking insidious yep. you've got no idea what it is and even, even we don't know what it is I don't know what yeah. it is yeah. but bad. all, all I know is it's bad I think it's game over if, if it happens oh yeah well. it yeah, is like, that's the thing is that's the game over counter clearly yep. um, but it means like it'll be like oh we found an alien base and you'll be like well you have to get rid of that alien base and then it will, the counter will like go down a bit. But if mm-hmm. you leave it, the counter will go up more quickly. And I think that's how they've stopped people from doing the whole kind of satellite scumming of just building satellites and getting them out there. Because yeah. you can build new radio and build more contacts. But you don't but, want to fucking see some of this stuff. <laughs> but like if you if you build all these contacts and just quickly go around to yeah. try and get money, then if it suddenly goes, oh, well, there's actually an alien base in Indonesia mm-hmm. or something, you're like, well, I'm nowhere near that. I've spent all of my resources going to America. Yeah. And... 
And then, like, to actually, it's quite a slow process to, to build new contacts. So you can't. You have to wait. You have to react. You have to be like, they go, oh, they've got, a, you know, an alien base in South America. Then you go, okay, well, we need to reach out to North America and then reach out to South America and then attack the base. It forces you to be more reactive rather mm-hmm. than, like, in a weird way, like, the tactical game of XCOM, the original, was... Uh, purely reactive. It was just like you went in, you saw what you got dealt, and you dealt with it. Whereas the strategic game was just playing an optimal game, yeah. and then in between dealing with these tactical problems, which would get increasingly harder as you try to kind of sure. ride the wave. Whereas now it's, it's like you have to, you can't do that. Yeah. I think from what little I've, I know, it's like if you just try and like optimize it and make the best base and ignore that it's not going to work because the thing is while you're sitting there doing your optimal base building this avatar counter is going up and up and the aliens are fucking taking over the world it's like you can't ignore and that's the interesting thing is in the original game like you'd find an alien base and then it'd be like you have to work up your courage to go and deal yeah, with that you, you didn't have to whereas now it. like yeah. it's much more encouraged because they're not as hard it's like the final mission you find in, something in, you fucking get in, it in Unknown, you, could, you could wait you could wait it out and like it was so easy you if could you grind a little bit if you wanted to um, and yeah it feels like this that doesn't happen anymore no I, I, I'm still I'm still wary of the strategic stuff like we talked about before and I I think it will take me a while to really get a good feel for whether or not I, I'm into it or not but I I Already think I prefer it to. It's not. It's 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 clearly better than the first game. Yeah. It's just it's not as neat, and I think it's one of those things where it's not bad. It took me a longer time to get my head around it, and I realise now that it's it's serviceable. It does the job. Mm. It's pretty decent, but it's just it's one of those things where, in contrast to the rest of the game, which is so damn neat, yeah. and so damn clever, mm-hmm. you just think it's not as it's not quite as as good. Yeah. Um. But there's the tactical stuff from what I've played so far has just been. Incredible, and it's something I should have Absolutely said way earlier in the podcast. But the thing that's really blowing my mind about XCOM that I think maybe you won't notice unless you're kind of a bit of a series nutter is the fact that it manages to use the same, roughly the same systems, and to create something that aesthetically looks like quite similar to the original game. Yeah, it looks like. But a it's really thing. different. Mm-hmm. Like it plays. It's like using the same system to make a very different game. It's like in my mind, it's like you know you have an FPS and you have like Battlefield and Call of Duty. They're really different, but they're the same. It feels like that to me. It feels like the way you approach the game. I'm using the same setup of being like you know move and shoot. Or move sure, it's still two turns. There's still uh, like, yeah. It plays so differently. It's like I, the one thing I was expecting from XCOM Two was more of the same, and I would have been happy with that. What I've got is something that's entirely different, and that's fucking brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> um, I can't. I, it's actually weirdly. I I think it doesn't even like override the first game in a way, which is kind of wonderful. It feels like such such a strangely different experience from all the slight changes that it just feels like something new, something different. Like, which is what a sequel should be, yeah. rather than being like, oh, we don't play the other one before because now we've got the sequel. Yeah, absolutely. It's. I, I, I'm just so impressed with 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 their team. The 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 things that they've addressed are just just speak volumes about how much they understood what people thought of their game. Yeah, and I mean um, the thing is, maybe in three months' time from now, we'll be like, oh god, this is really overpowered and really easy. But right now, it's uh, it's wonderful to have that sensation of being lost. And as you were saying earlier, like not only have you got all these things you can do on the overmap in terms of being like you know go here and get these resources or these resources or these resources or these but you even have like multiple main objectives it doesn't <laughs> just do this it's like capture one of these guys uh, go here and do this yeah. beat this mission <laughs> and you start to go wow oh, I can't do all of these yeah that's the overwhelming and um, I think it is it is the funny thing about the, the, the kind of strategic the stuff being a bit more obtuse is that 
you don't know what's going on, but you always vaguely know what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the interesting thing is you kind of go, I don't know what's going on, but I know I need to build one of these. And I haven't built one of those because I built one of these instead. And you're just sitting there going, oh, shit. Yeah. It's always like, because it really makes you choose. And I, it's like, you don't want to build that because you want to do this. I, I love that. And I'm, I, I already feel guilty about the choices I'm making because I'm, I'm like, I write, we've just had a, an important story cut scene and I get where you want me to go next. And it reminded me of the moment in Anyone Known where it's like, right, we fucking need to capture a live alien. You need to build an arc thrower right now. All right? No messing around. Go build an arc <laughs> yeah. thrower. And, and like, you're like, no, I'll I do don't. that, but can I just research uh, like the alien weapons first? Just like, can yeah. I just get a handle of how, how this is working? Because I, I think there might be like a scope or something that I can build. And that's, I'll, yeah. I'll come back to you about that. And that's, <laughs> I'm why, already doing that's it. why I love that so much of the upgraded stuff, like the upgraded, like the interesting ammo and the interesting grenades and the upgrades of all the stuff is used this Illyrium core like um that you need monetary legit, yeah. which you get from missions so it means it doesn't doesn't even touch your research oh i see what you mean right okay yeah so it means you you're never taken away from your core research mm. and like i think in the first game there was loads of stuff that they probably just realized players didn't touch because it's like well yeah but why would i ever research that when i could be researching like this yeah i'm i'm i still feel like the stuff i'm building i i i already get that like that just small feeling that i'm being selfish which is a weird thing to to think about but i'm like i'm not like i'm not really thinking about like what the characters are worrying about right now I just want to build yeah. some cool shit and see what happens but also it's difficult because um, on a tactical side like if you make a mistake then you go fuck and you have to deal with that right now but yeah. you forget about it quickly because it's gone whereas I found I found on the strategy layer I made mistakes which I was just like having to stare at for quite a while like even simple things like I didn't really understand the way that the system worked with radio towers and communicating with new areas and, and then suddenly I was like oh you've hit your communication cap and I was like have I? Because I need to make contact <laughs> where there's an important mission, and I can't do the important mission until I make contact. <laughs> and then it's like I need to build a radio facility. Oh god, this is going to take about a month. Yeah. And it's just the thing of like sitting there with and this then imperative with this mission freaky, hanging over and me. this little uh, like doom doom countdown, doom countdown going up, like, and you're like, all right, all right, <laughs> I'll get there soon. I do, but the thing is, I can't, and it's a problem because the preview build ends after roughly 15, 16 hours. I don't know how exactly the criteria for ending work, but um, I don't know. Maybe it is kind of giving you enough room, enough breathing room to uh, to kind of fudge it and to kind of do things wrong and just pull it back because it does seem like the counter gets high, but then you do a really good story mission and it goes down again, and then you you attack a base and you sure. win and it goes down again. You're like, and it's like slowed down. You think. Ah, I'm pulling it back. Yeah, maybe. But I like it that it was kind of like in the original game, the fail criteria was was well, there were a couple of them, but it was fairly strict. It was like you know, you lose a country, it's gone. Mm-hmm. You lose a certain amount, the game's over. Yep. You can't get them back. Whereas in this, it's like the counter goes up and it goes up more quickly if there's nasty stuff happening. But if you suddenly get your shit together and you get your good gear and you go on these missions and you kick some ass, then suddenly like you knock it down and you slow it down, and it's like you can. I think it, it never stops going up, from what I can tell, but you can pull it back. It's just so refreshing not to know. Not yeah, to know that. Like, that's exactly You're it. making the choices based on... the like it feels, it feels realer because you're making decisions based on the information that you're being given, not the information that you you know from the past, the past playthrough. Yeah. And like eventually, like, of course, that won't last forever. And eventually, no. But the, the first time you play this, 
you get to not like you see an alien appear for the first time and you don't know what its abilities are like you don't know what the f- it looks intimidating it's massive I don't that I, I, I need to stop that from coming near me that's all you've got to yeah. work with and I love that and you know that's why in the video I, I the video I made is mainly just me talking like this because I didn't want to show anything mm. much or talk about much because there's so many wonderful little surprises and so many things that that to trick you of being like we know that you know about last game so we're gonna make you think it's the yeah. same but it's not the same and it, throw little spanners it, it, in it, yeah it, it like even the the units that come back have have different shit going on like we talked about the sector everyone knows about the sectoid they're tall now and they got some weird fucking like psionic abilities that are gonna mess you up like it's it's just nice to be able to the, the game even the one even when it's like you recognise this, don't you? Not quite, though. No, you Because it's been like 20 years and things are different now. It's a super accomplished piece of work. And it's funny, it's, it's rare that I um, play, uh, you know, get the opportunity to play uh, preview code like this, which is so um, fleshed out mm-hmm. and so solid. I mean, you know, bugs and glitches sure. aside. Um, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, wow, I've played... It shows years. confidence as well. Like the, yeah. uh, from, I, I don't do that much preview stuff, but when a developer is willing to send out 15 hours worth of their game before, like a month before it yeah. comes out. They, they, they're feeling pretty good about it. Well, it's like, I don't know what the mid-game's like. I don't know what the end-game's yeah. like. But you know, I've played this game for 20 hours um, and that's more time than I've played a lot of games that I've reviewed. And it's one of these things where it's like, I am now like super confident to just say that XCOM 2 is a fabulous game. And it's like, I don't, it would have to like set fire to my grandma and piss on her or something yeah, to, like, I, to change that. I it's just, just I'm so, so freaking happy as well. I, it, like I said, yeah, I know, right? I, I, I came into this one trying to keep my expectations low, but couldn't. Like, I, I, I'd, I needed it to be like live up to what I, you know, what I experienced with the, the first game and its expansion. And it's very strong, and there's so many surprises to be had. I actually was trying to trigger one of them because I know that in the first game, one of the ways you could lose was if the base got attacked, right? Yep. And if you lost that mission, which was hard, mm-hmm. then that was it. Game over. One of the dark events yeah, in this is you're getting hunted by a UFO. Yeah, you're I don't know what that base. means. Like I, Oh, I know what that means. It means you see this UFO flying around on the map and it says you just have to be careful of your flight paths. And I think it basically means that if there's a UFO in your area, then you need to basically just like stay low. Do you think it triggers... Like, does it destroy you or does it trigger a base mission? Well, you don't know, I guess. I had a bit where, like, it was clearly... It turned a different colour and it was moving around and it was scanning and I was like, oh, God, it knows where I am. And then I left and it didn't come after me. But then it suddenly did and it was like, it's found you. <laughs> and then it was like, I clicked a button of evasive manoeuvres and then the thing just started flying around the map randomly and then I was like... And then it suddenly... This said, is really scary. And, it, and then it was like, oh, God. And then obviously it rolled some dice and said, oh, yeah, it worked. You got away. And I was just like, God, what, what would have happened if I didn't? Oh, I think it triggers... A, I think it's the same thing. It triggers a really tough mission. Yeah. But it becomes this thing of, like, if you choose to allow that dark event to go through, being like, okay, yeah, like, the UFO can hunt me, then if you want to, you can just spend a good chunk of next month staying at home, gathering intel, or, like, you know, staying at your base and just the, not leaving. The is a weird one. Like, I imagine... Like triggering it, it must be it must be a certain way into the game, I think, because it like thematically for them to have an alien yeah. ship chasing another ship in like that suggests that like they like they know that looks bad because like, the whole uh, like premise of XCOM Two is that indoctrination, yeah, right? and that, like the advent are controlling the human race and everything, but uh, the idea that there are aliens behind every single action that they're doing, I, I get the sense that the aliens are still sort of in the background, right? Like they 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 uh, signed a peace treaty and then it was kind of that was that. I yeah. love the sense that like they're like fuck it, these people are causing us issues now. Let's send a UFO after them and just get rid of them. We'll 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 put out a press release. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's that's cool. Yeah. Well, even the fact you got, yeah, there's there's a lot of cool stuff. It's like you know, one of the things actually I was quite surprised is despite the fact that they put all this effort into replay value, mm-hmm. they've also put in like like a story driven cutscene thing, which I actually quite like. Yeah. Um, um, it's like it, I, I'm I'm a bit wary of where it will end up because yeah I, yeah I know, I know what you know. mean. Okay, because like the only because with Enemy Unknown that I never cared about the story. It was a very simple premise. Aliens are coming. You need to protect the Earth. And that's all I needed because then the interesting stories were the bits that you made with your with your soldiers in the missions themselves. Um, I don't want it to take too much of that away. You know, like I don't want it to no. shift the focus But I like much. that when you've got these multiple objectives to do all these different things, you don't... It's a fun thing of like you don't really know where it's leading in a way because you yeah. start to realise that every time you complete one of these objectives, you get a little cutscene with some more information and you just think... What's going on? Like, yeah. What is this? Like, because I like the fact the aliens have taken over the world, mm-hmm. but but they clearly aren't done. Yeah. They want something, and what it's are, like, yeah. what do they want? I don't know. I'm, I'm that's, kind of that's surprised a by simple it. question, but that's that's a question that can fuel the entire game. I think that's what yeah. we need. Like that, like that in the back of your mind. Like, what is this all leading up to? Why did they even bother? Like, that's enough. Like, I just don't want them to go too no. like take too much away from your own journey like you know what yeah I mean? that sounds wanky but like i think that's a big part of xcom i think it is as well and i wouldn't be surprised if um i mean that's sort of thing i'm hoping that when you complete it once it's easy to skip through but i think that's sort of yeah. thing also the mod community could do a really good job sure. of, of like maybe just like well, once again like so the tutorial mission the first mission of the game is is quite story driven you'll want to play it through it the first time yeah but after that as in the past game, you can you can skip. Yeah, so I, I, skip I imagine. Them. Yeah, that will happen. Yeah, it's uh, but it's it's quite cool. It's quite cool. At first, when it was like there's a main char- a character you were driving, I was like, oh, I don't want to control a character. Yeah, they kind of did that in the one of the DLCs with uh, is it, was it Zhao Lang or something yeah. like that. I was like, oh, I don't like this because he's just like he's always there, yeah. and every time you've got him, but he's gone. Like the guy you have in the tutorial this time, who's like a face character. Yeah, he's only there for that, and then he's never a, a mm-hmm. soldier because you want you want fresh soldiers. Yeah, right? I yeah, I don't I don't like the game thinking it can introduce its own super soldiers into my game because the super soldiers are the ones that I made. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's got nothing to do with you, XCOM. Yeah, this have, is all me. Just have Chris Pratt's name written on their neck. <laughs> <laughs> they are mine. Okay, uh, we're going to do some quick fire questions because I know loads of people want to know things about this game. So I, I put the put the bat signal out. Um, Bloodhawk Five asks: Does the Avenger get out of defenses or just room defenses? Does that mean it could be boarded? Yeah, as we say, I think there's a thing where like you can get shot down by a UFO and then have to do a mission mm-hmm. where which is on your ship. I, I know. I tried to trigger it. Yeah, and yeah. it didn't work. They, I think, I imagine it will happen just because. It was popular in and within. I think they'll have looked at that and gone, shit, that's just a cool thing to, for us to I do. I think it's the same thing. But I, we haven't seen it's it. It's like, it's the same thing if it can happen. Because I've read about it, they're saying, oh, that can happen. You can get your ship attacked. And it's a really hard mission if you fail it. Okay. I'm pretty sure they said that in an interview. Um, so, yeah, that's a thing that can happen. Again, I was trying to trigger it because I was like, I want to see how hard it is. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Prune uh, says, does it add depth without making it impenetrable? to new players that's interesting I haven't really thought about XCOM 2 for a new player I can't really think about that it's difficult Um, yeah a lot of the things that we've just been raving about are in comparison to a game we've already played yeah I I don't know I I think I think the tutorial does a good job of introducing you to to how the game I don't think the tactical game um, to start with is that complex like if anything I wonder if maybe having played too much XCOM you just end up getting trapped in your own old habits which aren't that useful anymore sure and like the, the basic rules, like the fact that they've every every character has two actions. Like you're not having to think about uh, like in the old games you had turn units, which was quite a, a horrible thing to get your mind around. Like the basic rules are pretty simple, but there's there's there is a layer of like complexity in which you can like once you played the game a lot, you can start showing off. I 
I think it'll be fine for a new player. I think the tutorial does a fine enough job of showing you how everything works. I think so as well. The strategic stuff, once again, might be a bit intimidating, but I think we're finding that a little bit. And you know, something I didn't mention earlier, but one of the things I think is interesting is kind of a, a moment where at first I didn't get that, and the fact they've made it so they've made it so enemy, uh, so your unit's health when you get armor, because you just research armor, and then you can just have as much of that armor as you want, which is a nice touch, mm-hmm. not having to be like, who's wearing this jacket? That's him. <laughs> um, but it means like your soldier's health scales up to quite a high number, like quite quickly. And I was like, well, that's interesting, because you start off with, I don't remember, but it feels like it does anyway. Mm-hmm. Maybe it doesn't. But I thought that was odd. But then I realised it's because you fight more things at once. Yep. You're forced to move around more frequently and more like strangely. And it means you get flanked more often. But because you've got this combination of more enemies and more flanking, it means that it feels to me that you have less... That was bullshit moments. You have yeah. less moments where a guy's hiding from miles away and then an alien takes a pot shot from miles away and headshots them and gets a crit and then they suddenly instantly die. To me, it felt like when you got flanked and you got shot, you got messed up and you thought, yeah, I deserve that. Yeah. But then it would be like, that guy's in hospital for a month. But then what would happen is you get shot again from that flank by a second enemy and you die. And it felt like it, it feels like a like yeah you can still have that thing of enemies getting lucky but it felt like that whole system of enemies getting lucky just needed to be there in the original because it knew you were going to be pushing up slowly and carefully mm-hmm. and it needed to embed that sense of risk whereas now it's uh, either forcibly or by encouraging you with rewards moving getting you to move around the map in a more fluid way um, it means that when you do get shot and really badly hurt or shot and killed it's because you've fucked up it's because you've messed up it's because yeah. you've taken a risk which hasn't panned out but it feels like it, it's more of a war of attrition rather than one shotting in this it feels more like somebody gets shot and then you go oh god I should really keep them out of fights completely from that point and then you don't yeah. and they get killed and I don't know I've had less moments where people have died and I felt like that was bullshit yeah. which is I, so I've only played five hours but I, I've yet to have a soldier die which really fucking, I almost left someone behind there was what one, difficult you playing on baby baby brat <laughs> it was I think it was you on the uh, UI console to make baby baby brat <laughs> it was on like I, I was playing on the equivalent of normal without Iron Man or anything right. I don't think there was even an Iron Man option on the preview but I didn't you see. know I think um, they've made it so you have to play your first game without because oh, when okay. I started again it was like do you want to play Iron Man I was like ah that might be that, good because yeah. I think if you're a veteran, even if you're a veteran, if you jump in, I was actually like, oh, where's Iron Man? But you don't want to play Iron Man your first game because yeah. there's so much new stuff to take in, you'll just get wiped out yeah. like really quickly. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but I think, yeah, I think it's okay for new players. Yeah. As I say, I find some of the new strategic layer stuff a bit obtuse, but then frankly, I reckon in the first game it was probably obtuse as well. Yeah, that's so. what I'm saying. Like think, like, think about how we must have felt the first time we encountered It's really hard to remember, isn't that it? That must have been weird. Comparing a game you're playing for the first time with a game that you've played like... 15 times yeah. it's, it's almost impossible really um, but hey um, Rasench or Rebel Spirit asks is there an option for a more long war idea in the game or will we have to mod it again later down the line there's lots of long war um, uh, influence yeah. here yeah, they've been pretty open about that yeah, but, yeah. Um, so I, I think I think they will you will need to to mod it in again I, I haven't seen any of the kind of uh, second wave options they used to call them um, yeah. I haven't seen any of that stuff yet um, one thing I will say about that though is that the guys that made XCOM Long War have like literally last week just, just launched a new their thing. new studio I don't think they're going to be working on a Long War mod no. I'm actually uh, hoping to speak to uh, the lead guy on it this weekend and try and figure out whether or not they will um, 
someone else they're will probably not they're that. great guys but Twitch. they've got all this modding support that I, I don't know I don't know if it'll need the long war who knows yeah. actually mean, yeah yeah because that, that in, in many ways long war was, was having to like budget a little bit like to fit in within a game that hadn't had mod support well it was trying to add things that should have been there and yeah. now you've got this um now you actually got like one of the great things they've had is like you know there's a variety of ammo and variety of grenades basically tactical variety sure. of being able to like have a bit more interesting control over your characters they've added that now and also like they've added a game where like I don't know I played it for 15 hours and didn't feel like I was even halfway through the game it's like it feels meatier and I think a lot of the stuff even the fact that now they've made it so characters well the differences in the long war is characters are more plentiful but also you need to like they get ill for a long time they're ill they get injured for a long yeah, time and, the and you have to have multiple teams um, which I think in Long War was a cool idea but it did end up just being like very much a war of attrition mm-hmm. whereas in this they've made it so that soldiers don't die as frequently but they do get shot up and then they're out of action for about a month so yeah actually you- so yeah they I remember in the interview I had with um, one of the guys there they they um, yeah they, they're out long like injuries um at default, like so, you haven't built any buildings or have anyone working on stuff to try and decrease that. Injuries by default last longer than they did. In oh yeah, the original. Um, and it means that you've got that element of having to have more people, and it's great because yeah. also because you're the resistance, you have less rookies, you have less access to just soldiers, which means that you have to be careful. You if you're just bleeding away soldiers as decoys, which you can do, mm-hmm. it does work. Uh, yeah, um, you have to be really careful because otherwise it means you just start to. I had a point where it's like just I didn't have any rookies it was like oh god like it wasn't even just a case of being like I can't send my best men on this mission it's like if I have another mission coming up now I just don't have enough men to send I'd send three instead of four it's like this is a fucking disaster and if what you're asking is will you know will there be an option to play a longer game like if it's if it's literally that there will be like that the modding community like are going to be thinking about how successful Long War was and that kind of stuff is is what I'm expecting like really early on um, I can't wait to see what the modders yeah. do with this really yeah I think I think that'll be that but yeah it's gonna be cool um, Gareth Academy says uh, uh, da, ba, ba. what are your favourite anecdotes from your playthroughs any particular any particularly glorious moments you've had mine was um, I, th- I mentioned it briefly it wasn't like an individual uh, soldier that did something really cool but like the I did a hosted mission which was um, the first hostage mission I did and I'd, I hadn't quite realised that once you rescue the hostage that timer still means you've then got to get to the pickup point um, and so I had two turns after I'd picked up the hostage to get there and not my, my soldiers weren't in the right place I killed all the aliens but reinforcements were coming in right next to the pickup and I couldn't engage them I had to dash everyone straight and get every single move that I did had to be the closest they could get to the pickup point and then Hopefully on my last turn, shot. yeah, they they all survived and everyone got there, including the one soldier that I didn't think would make it. It was like uh, wasn't wasn't a rookie either. It was someone that I put some time into. Dashed with this is all my other soldiers gone. I I didn't know whether or not it, w- it would work. I dashed into the pickup point. Literally, I could just squeeze in on a corner, and it lets you. Um, choose the action to get picked up which is like a physical action you have to press even after you've dashed yeah yeah and I didn't know if that was going to work oh, wow. and I was really worried that I was about to lose a soldier because oh. I have a mistake yeah I use that all the time and yeah you, you can <laughs> so I like I literally ran past all these aliens like blasters going over my head and just managed to in my mind jump and grab a rope and like fly off into the 
distance. Yeah, I've had a lot of really nice moments. It's hard to kind of really choose one just because I think uh, because I've been safe scumming, it's kind of had a lot less impact in a way because yeah. I've had characters die lots and just gone, nope, no, no, yeah. that's not happening today. Uh, but I've had some some lovely little moments. I think my favourite is just being able to, you can hack these, they're like enemy turrets and you can hack them and then... And then they just shoot at the enemy. So that's a really cool example. The, the hacking, uh, you mentioned that there's like there's a safe way of doing like you'll achieve whatever that is. You like open the door. Yeah, hack you can the like, turret. Do you want to deactivate it or do you want to control it? Yes. So it? that's it. Yeah, yeah. The, the easy one, like the seventy percent chance or whatever it will be, is deactivate. And then the, the like the really difficult one, the one you really got to take a gamble on, is if you manage that, that turret's going to be yours for the rest of. But then the you match. get like hackers that you've leveled up and stuff, and you've made them better at it. And it's like, yeah, yeah it means I got my one guy, and he was an amazing hacker. And it's like everyone else rubbish, but him, yeah. like he can hack stuff. Yeah, and it was still a tough one. It was like a fifty-five percent chance of working, which in XCOM terms is not <laughs> good. But I did it, and it was this one of the things—an extraction mission again. And it was this thing of like it hacked this turret, which then all the enemies were trying to kill the turret, and it was armored. Yeah, and it just meant that everyone else could just lag it while all these horrible snake men were just firing guns oh, ineffectively awesome. at that, or like trying to poison it. I was like, "You stupid snake man!" <laughs> it's like, again, it's like technically probably bad AI, but I didn't care because it was fantastic watching them. And I made the mistake of trying to fire poison grenades at snakes, and I was like, oh, "That's not doing yeah, that." Right. And I was like, "Oh yeah, oh, you fucking." <laughs> it's like I'm an idiot. Uh, Colin Hughes asks, "Have they fixed the?" Janky combat cinematics. No, no, nope. but um, I, I don't care. Yeah, um, this is also any chance of new Sponge Squad. So Kit Kat, Chunky, and Go Veg. Yeah, I'm definitely going to do another Sponge Squad series. Not for a little while though. Like it's one of the things where I think a lot of people enjoyed my little. Uh, playthrough series because of the familiarity of the game and I think that I need to be familiar with the game you guys do as well so it's something I definitely will do in the future but uh, it might not be for a while because I really want to like just get my teeth into it and have fun with it really yep. uh, otherwise it'd be an extremely short series I think <laughs> online man um Neil and the Bolts asks, can we expect the same level of hopeless fond attachment to our troops this time? I still feel bad for those I lost in in Enemy Unknown. I actually feel more attachment for these guys. I don't want to change their names because I think the way that they're crafted automatically means I... I don't know. I give them they have like, little bios and everything. Um, yeah, I, I did end up changing them. So one thing I do like, uh, by the way, if you do multiple playthroughs, they've added an option to the main menu where you can uh, create characters. Um, you can add names to the and, next and, and a bio and what they look like. And then really? every time you create a, a, a new game, they will be in your roster. And you used to have to fudge this by going into a dot ini file and yeah. writing names in there, but it wouldn't. It wouldn't like do any of uh, the visual stuff, and also it wouldn't always get the gender right. So like it was a really weird uh, like way of getting around it. But I ended up doing it because I played it quite a few times. And I wanted the same names, and this was a, a. It's nice to see that like literally from the main menu. I did end up do, like renaming everyone and doing the presentation. <laughs> you I, see, I don't know. I I I was going, but I ended up. I found myself really surprised at how attached I got cool. to these characters, which was I was like, well, that's an achievement because in the original you didn't like in the original like you just. You had a soldier, you liked them, but then it meant you kind of, once they were a good soldier, you then gave them a name, yeah. like gave them a nickname and gave them like a cool hairstyle. And you'd be like, yeah, you're cool now. Like, I've decided. Now yeah. you're cool. But like, yeah, the, the variation uh, in, in like between characters is a lot greater now. And you, yeah, I, you, I, I think you, I completely see why you wouldn't yeah. want to. And it's nice that they've got their own little bios that you can read that have a story that fits that. into the world. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, like they, like I think I saw one like my sniper originally um, before I changed her into Ross Kemp was like uh, <laughs> had like had, had been captured by the advent but managed to escape and she's never told anyone why. You're and- as bad as the aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Turning turn women into Ross Kemp. 
<laughs> oh god oh no the worst experiment you're as was. bad as them <laughs> Jesus get out of my house <laughs> but no I know what you mean but it's weird how I've grown into characters I didn't even like there's a really brief few shots of him in the video I put up because it's actually a pretty gameplay video like because I thought well fuck it some people are like this video is just you talking to camera but I'm like well if you want to watch the video of the game just there's loads of it online yeah. just go but I had this guy who looked like a bit like Egon from Ghostbusters he just looked like a doofus and he's a sniper and he was crap and I was like oh you look like a dickhead and then there's this guy with like an awful goatee like kind of American South style like or American like nice frat boy style straight flat down love it it's like a Fred Durst really um, anyway I was like you look like a dick and he still never saw any action but what was lovely is that my my ace sniper got killed and I was like oh damn That's and then cool. I, mean, I had to take this guy in. I had to take this uh, this kind of uh this doofus Egon guy with, with specs oh, and right, crap yeah. hairstyle in and then you know he had a really good first mission he got some good kills and he got promoted and then suddenly it became this thing of like I don't know like I just started to see him in a different way and I'm not going to say that I love this man <laughs> right? I'm not going to say that well, I've fallen in love with this man uh, but the process I with which I, uh, I I grew attached to him was was similar to don't say to falling in love with someone. Oh god! <laughs> the fact that you sort of have this person, you go, oh, I don't, don't really. You, you know, you're not very attracted to them, but then you, you spend more time with them, and suddenly, suddenly his 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 uh, his naked arms holding sniper rifles suddenly, <laughs> suddenly look more muscular, and I'm like. No, he's not like Egon. He's like he's like a, a badass Egon. <laughs> and I start like just seeing him in a different light until eventually it's like, no, he's cool. And I haven't changed anything about him visually. Yeah. He's exactly the same think- looking character. And yet now the way I look at that character is totally different to the way I looked at him when I first saw him. One of the reasons you, you probably wouldn't end up doing that in um in any of was that it just wasn't enough variation, like it the, the no. soldiers wouldn't look different enough. And anyway, then brought in like new Bits and pieces, but from what I remember, yeah, like the by default they don't come wearing specs. Like you, you'd have to put that you like the little props uh, and the hats and uh, like the different uh, armor, or whatever. You you have to customize yourself. Like whereas in XCOM two, they all come looking a little bit different. And you get to choose as well when you get the rookies. You get to see what they look like, and it's like sometimes like you get to see their faces. Oh really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. yeah shit. And they're all the same. So you just go, ah, oh, like that guy. He looks yeah. cool. Bye. Nice. Bye. <laughs> Ten resources on there. Uh, next up, uh, we've got a question from Alex. I think it's Alex Scott saying, are there, are there still interceptors? If so, have they done anything to make them more interesting? They've killed them, which yep. is the right thing to do because, um, yeah, they were they were boring. They were kind of throwback to the original game, which haven't really... Yeah, but another thing that I, yeah. I didn't realise I didn't like that much. I know I don't miss it. Same as that. Don't miss it at all. Yeah. Um, it's it's just a lot more fun, like having yeah, mm-hmm. just going to places. Um, <laughs> I got a, a question from a lovely young reader, Quentin Smith, uh, who asks: My biggest problem with XCOM was months of plain sailing followed by crippling campaign-ending difficulty. You guys feel the same? Any sign they've fixed it? Um, I haven't played enough. I haven't played enough. The game ends yeah. before I'm able to see that. To be honest, I didn't find that to be a problem because I found that that was just me. When when Quinn says uh, months of plain sailing, what in the XCOM, what he means is months of radio silence, and I quite like that in the original XCOM that you had months of going, everything's fine, yeah, yeah. everything's fine. There's no new missions. I'm getting all this research done, but I knew that when the months were spin, when the days were spinning by and nothing was happening, it's like. That's because you didn't have enough. Um, if you're listening, Quinns, that's because you didn't have enough satellite coverage. So sure. there was stuff happening, and you didn't know about it. It sounds like um, that that can happen again in a way. Uh, 
um, like into if, like with the alien bases if you mentioned like yeah but I think what's good about anything. this is in the first one you had to capture people to find out about what the aliens were doing it was like you were always in the dark whereas in this one um, it's a bit obtuse and a bit confusing sometimes but you're always quite well um, informed in terms of uh, what you need to be doing so you, you might not always understand the best way to do it but you always know what you have to do it always says well look this thing's going up and there's a base here. So you, yeah. need to, so, you know, sometimes you'll sit there going, so I think the difference is it does get worse, but you always know why it's getting worse. It's like, I don't think it's, but I haven't, also it's difficult to know what the, the difficulties curve. You know what, like. that's actually a, a really, to be fair, a really good reason why I'm glad the interceptors aren't there because that was one thing that it's has put me up before where the difficulty spike for the interceptors, which are this like tiny little mini game that you do every so often to take down a UFO, to start with, you can use your default loadout and maybe it takes you a couple of interceptors to take down a UFO, sure. But then towards the end of the game, you need to have really sunk some resources into that. And if you hadn't realised that's the way the game was going, you can get caught out and it can really... Yeah, they the just campaign. get shot down and then Where, you're like, screwed. And that can feel unfair if it, if you if like you don't feel like the game had conveyed that that might happen. Whereas, so that's actually something I'm kind of glad to see. see the I'm definitely off. glad it's gone. Um, no, it does let you know. It lets you know what's happening. And so I, I, don't, I don't know what about the campaign difficulty. As far mm. as I can tell, it seems that as you go on, like enemy types uh, that are harder get introduced or enemies get more health um, and yeah, just new skills and new guns. Yeah. But it, so far, it seemed relatively well balanced. Um, but it's, as I say, it's one of these things that's really difficult to see until you've played the full, sure. full thing. Um, some tough beans says what's your favorite least favorite new aliens and why i think we're gonna skip that one for now just because i want to go into too much detail that stuff because how cool is it the sectoids at all yeah i think it's cool (laughs) the sectoids are actually frightening now uh and as i said i like the vipers because of the fact that they are um interesting they they fit really well into the gameplay of actually like pulling your characters really long distances and forcing you to be more aggressive okay i'm gonna say i think the sectoid is my favorite because because I used to look at them with disdain. Yeah. Like I used to think, this is a, look at this small, crappy looking alien. I remember when I introduced Aoife to XCOM. Um, Aoife's someone they I remember. They were cowards, weren't they? And she was like, that doesn't look frightening. Like, why would I care about that? And that's that's sort of how the game wants you to think. Yeah. And like in a real like long term sense, by the time you get to XCOM two, it's like ha, I used to think these things were like nothing, didn't you? Look how tall it is, and look what it can do with its brain. Yeah. And they I, are. I really like that it's flipped that on me. They have become things actually that, that whenever sectoids appear now, I kill them immediately. Like, you know, it used to way- be that I'd just be like a sectoid, fine. But now it's like. I need to kill that yeah. guy straight away because otherwise it's going to wreak havoc. It is a, there's a really nice little um, throwback. I think it's actually mentioned when you uh, when you research them or something. But when you kill a sectoid and they drop to the floor, they actually like they curl up and they look small again. They look sort of um, like how you. Oh, really? I thought it was random ragdoll physics because I've had a, I've had a well that a, is in a like, sectoid which is trying to straddle a car. Oh yeah, well okay. When they're near cover, who fucking knows? But like, where, like yeah, if they if they drop down, they their their body sort of curls up and they it's like almost like fetal or something, oh. and it reminds you of the small sectoid again. And it's I, I, I don't know. I, I, That's I, cute. I I think it's a a really. I, I, I just love that this enemy that I used to think was daft is now scary. And that's, that's I like the way that when they're inside or when it's dark, you can see that their chest and their head are glowing oh, on the inside. Oh, cool. But when they're outside in the day, you can't see that because it's only a very gentle light. Oh, I didn't know so. Tiny visual detail. I've got to say, actually, I haven't mentioned it, but the visual fidelity in XCOM 2 is absolutely, absolutely off the Pigeons are still fucked, though. <laughs> Honestly, right? Pigeons. The pigeons in, in Animal Unknown, if you... If you 
uh, look at them really closely, which I actually think, I think you need to have long war to do this. <laughs> God, I'm for a nerd. And you zoom in, which you're allowed to do. Pigeons don't move around properly, and I don't think they do in this game either. Wow. It's fucked. Do uh, not buy, don't buy this game. Too. It's do not buy this game. <laughs> the pigeons do not move around properly. I can't believe I said Jesus. that. I've, I've really... Oh, I've lessened Mate, myself. I, I, I've totally... I'm, I'm, you had a go at me for talking about the soup settings on my microwave a couple of episodes ago. I did. And now you bring you know out what? this pigeon shit. You know what I got for Christmas? My, my main gift. A microwave. A fucking microwave. <laughs> when did that happen? I, That's I, karma. I, I want, like... I don't know, like... A video game or something. That is household appliance karma. It's bullshit. Is what oh it is. man! I well, I mean, adult. I'll finally say that. Yeah, like he said, after doing how long we've been talking about a video game, an hour and a half, <laughs> one game, and that's that's nothing really. We could have talked about this for a lot longer. We may well talk about it again in the future when it's actually out. We've no doubt been playing it loads more. But I'll, I'll finally say, as I was going to say, it is a beautiful game. The art design of it is fantastic. It does all of this amazing sci-fi, futuristic, angular stuff, and mm-hmm. I've, I mean, that is now such an overdone thing within video games that it's amazing that I find myself actually zooming in and looking at the concept cars and these, looking at the buildings and going. Oh, and looking at the enemy designs and going, oh, this is really cool. Like, yep. They've created a really amazing, beautiful, futuristic world that's really sinister and really wonderful. And it's a game which is just improving on the original XCOM. And if you haven't played the original XCOM, then I've no idea how you've listened for this long. Well but done. if you have, then yeah. well done. <laughs> go and play the original XCOM. You've yeah. got about a month. Uh, get into it. Thank you so much for coming and joining me, Chris. I wouldn't have anyone... I literally wouldn't actually have anyone else <laughs> in the world here for this. That, I'm, that, I'm not even joking. Um, and promise, uh, I promise. He, he asked twice when it... Yeah, I know, right? I'm pretty sure, like... We, yeah, like you said, when I think once the first trailer came out, we did... Uh, like a podcast that was pretty much all about it. I just need to project the Brack sign onto the clouds <laughs> and just come and know that I want to talk about XCOM and thank you very much for listening to ourselves again um, if you want to come and watch the video I made it'll cover some of the stuff but also some other stuff I didn't talk about uh, you can watch that on coolghost.net and I'm assuming you're going to do stuff from yep, Eurogamer uh, yep actually uh, a couple months ago I did some stuff that's already online as well uh, played the part of this premium build that we've been talking about with one of the developers for an hour that, once again I think that video ideally when when like they okayed that we could record with the dev I, I think they were like oh it'll be like 15-20 minutes yeah <laughs> whoops <laughs> you just talked to them and interviewed them for yeah. an hour yeah it was great fabulous yeah no that would probably be a really good watch um, otherwise yeah hopefully you guys are as excited as we are now for playing the game in February I'm usually at this point going oh well I'm not sure maybe it'll be good maybe it won't but I'm pretty sure it's yeah. going to be just really really good mm-hmm. so that's uh, already 2016 off to a stonking start give me a thank you very much for joining me again and we'll see you next week for more Darth Souls Bye. Goodbye.